This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Good hope, that is Jesus Christ. Any other hope is hopelessness. Good hope, it comes from the one who's good, the good shepherd. Hope is not in a man, it's not in the world, it's not in the government, it's not in the president, it's not in a person, it's not in money, and not material things, and we know that. Hope is in a person, the person, Jesus Christ. That's good hope. What or in whom are you placing your hope? In today's message from Pastor Eddie, he shares with you that true hope is found in a person, truly, in the person and Savior, Jesus Christ. Anyone or anything else will ultimately let you down. Pastor Eddie encourages you to place all of your trust, hope, and dependency in Jesus. He is the one who can be trusted with everything. He is the one who is worthy of your hope. Seek to trust Him even more. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Stand Fast. We are being sanctified day by day. That is practically. We are being sanctified, made holy, set apart as we grow in our faith and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He said, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a process. I am complete in Christ Jesus, Paul tells us also in 1 Thessalonians. You lack nothing. Isn't that incredible? When you come to the cross, you lack absolutely nothing from the king of king. Everything that you have, you have the inheritance. You have uh, unlimited access to the throne room of God. You have everything. You're complete. But he's also, positionally, but he's also in the process, we are growing in our faith, and we're being renewed day by day. And as we can see in scripture, one is not only made holy, is not made holy by works, by rituals, by religious practices. That's not how you're made holy. That's not how you're set apart. That was done at the cross already. We're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not by works. It's day by day, growing in faith, Day by day, it's not by rituals, again. It's not how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, how often you come to church. We don't, do, we don't do those things because we have to. We do them because we get to and we want to. You see, it's a relationship. Verse 13, we're really moving on, aren't we? But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. The truth. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ is in the person. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So, we've seen that we're chosen by God, we're sanctified by God, but also we're called by God. You notice what Paul is doing here. If when you look, you, you tie it up. Remember, the Bible was never written, given to us in chapter and verse breaks. It's an epistle, it's a letter. He's letting you know, listen, you're not going through the great tribulation. You're not appointed to wrath. There's a honeymoon that has to take place. Why would God leave his bride on earth during the great tribulation? But look, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You're being sanctified. You've been sanctified and you're being sanctified. And you've been called. Look at verse 14. He says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you to salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as he calls all people to salvation. All people. This is where some denominations, they get into that position where some are chosen, some are not. Some are predestined, some are not. The hyper-Calvinistic view is that some were predestined to go to hell. Some others were predestined to go to heaven. The Bible doesn't tell, show me that at all. It doesn't show me that. Allow me to give you some scriptures. John chapter 3, we're going to read verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son, that whosoever, anybody, and didn't say, but the chosen... <laughs> Did it say the chosen? No. But whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, not just select a few, through him might be saved. John chapter 6, verse 37. All that the Father has given me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. John chapter 12, verse 32. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Did he say draw only the predestined ones? Can you imagine sharing the gospel and trying to find those who are predestined? Excuse me, are you predestined? <laughs> Give me that track. You're not predestined. You're going to hell. <laughs> Think about that. It's a waste of time. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slacking concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. I think that includes everybody. When I look at the word all in the Greek and in the Hebrew, you know what it means? All. It means Everybody. And by the way, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Again, free choice. Free will. Man sends themselves to hell. Jesus Christ left his throne of glory to die on the cross. So no one can go to hell. That all might be saved. That no one could go into hell and be condemned eternally. That is why he left his throne. That is why he suffered and died. It's not his desire that any would perish. Even when God judged the wicked, and in Ezekiel it says, God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't take pleasure in it. God didn't create some people to go to heaven, some people to go to hell. 
Well, you know, I just want to make this world and life interesting. I saw this uh, comic strip. It was pretty funny. Um, it's as if, but not mock, you know, I hope it wasn't mocking God, but it looked like it was this big pot in this world in the pot. And the bottom it says, just to make it interesting, you see some wacky, crazy people. That's not the way God works. Let's create some people to go to hell. Why don't we do that? Loves all people. Man is given free will to choose eternal life. Reject Christ is eternal damnation. There's no between ground. There's no between ground. When you either accept Jesus Christ or you deny him, you either go to heaven or you either go to hell. Nobody wants to talk about hell. That's the truth. I think you appreciate heaven when you understand hell. You appreciate grace when you understand the judgment of God. When you understand that you deserve the wrath of God, if you understand what the wrath of God is, just look at the cross. When the world became dark in history throughout the time, that time, found that it was dark around the world. That's when the wrath of God was poured onto his son and the son was separated from the father. Never has it happened that the father and the son were separated. Never will it happen again. But it was the wrath of God. And then you understand what grace is. We love grace, but we don't understand why we have grace. But if you understand the judgment and the wrath of God, oh yes, grace of God. So he goes on in verse 15. He says, therefore, right? And I have to say this, when you read the Bible and you read the word therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is it there for? Well, because of the previous verses. Because you were chosen by God. Because you were being sanctified by God. Because you were called by God. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Stand fast. Listen, study your Bible. You'll find when you read Thessalonians that they had a pre-tribulation view, not a mid. Otherwise, they wouldn't be worried. They wouldn't worry about going through the great tribulation. They had no problem suffering. They were doing great because of persecution. They grew because of persecution, not only in number, but in faith. So persecution wasn't a problem. They were troubled because they thought they missed the rapture and they were going through the great tribulation. They had a pre-trib view. And Paul said, no, 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 no. This is going to happen. The departure first. Then he had to go, you okay? But here, all these things we tell you here. Therefore, listen, you've been called by God. You've been chosen. Guys, you've been sanctified. You've been called. Therefore, stand fast and hold the traditions. Now, he's not talking about tradition as if, you know, you have a traditional family uh, banquet or whatever it is. He is not referring to man-made religious ideas. Because they are traditions that are made by man and people are forced to practice it as if it's the word of God. We see that when Jesus rebuked the scribes and the Pharisees. They added to the law. 13 chapters. The Lord says, observe the Sabbath, which we find in scripture and Paul makes it clear. It's not really a day. It's good to rest though, by the way. But it's not pointed to days, our rest is not in a day, our rest is in, Paul says, Jesus Christ. That's why many of the Christians began to practice Sunday as the day the Lord resurrected, as the day. But my Sabbath day is every day. My rest is in Jesus every day. 
but they have added 13 chapters to Sabbath. And it's like the Lord is going up in heaven, oy vey, 13 chapters, are you kidding me? They couldn't spit on the ground on the Sabbath. Why? Because if they spat on the ground, their saliva, I don't mean to gross you out, their saliva would mix with the, the dirt on the ground and it would cause a mud. That's why Jesus healed a man and he put, spat on the ground, took the mud and put it in a man's eye and he became to be able to see. See, Jesus was messing with the Pharisees. This is your tradition. It's not biblical. I'm going to make mud. I'm going to heal this man. I'm going to make him see again, but I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to go against your tradition. I'm going to spit in the ground. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. I don't care. And say, whoa, gross. Go wash your face. No, Jesus. That's why he did it. People always ask, why did Jesus spin on the ground and make mud? There you go. Because it's Sabbath. The men in black came after him every day. Doesn't he know it's the Sabbath? Healing the people? That's why he did it. And Jesus always rebuked them because they forced and made the loss impossible. The simple laws, they added to the tradition. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verses 6 and 9, he said, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of God. So Paul is not talking about tradition. And there's nothing wrong with tradition. There's nothing wrong with tradition. The problem with tradition in some churches they use it as, oh, we got to do that. Oh, he didn't do that? Oh, man. Oh, you're in trouble now. You know? And it's all tradition. Tevia, fill in the roof. Tradition, tradition. It's all tradition. There's nothing wrong, but if it has. And, and, and so Paul's saying, listen, by our tradition, speaking about his teaching and, and what they taught him, Peter, I mean, Tim and Silas, who was with Paul, they discipled them. They were only with them for three weeks. The Thessalonians, three weeks, the book of Acts chapter 17 tells us. And he said, let's remember these things. Didn't I tell you, remember? Verse 16, Paul now closes with a prayer. He says, now may our God, I'm sorry, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us. This love here, by the way, is agape. It's an unconditional love. In fact, it is the only love God gives towards man. You see, this is why it's important for you students to study Hebrew and Greek. I don't mean to speak it and write it, but try to get those Bible softwares that where you can actually click on the word and it gives you the meaning because we use love for everything. I love my wife. I love pizza. I love dog. I love my dog. That's not what it is in the Greek. There's phileo, agape, eros, and there's a fourth one. But here you always find love. He loves us. You never say he likes us. He likes us. Love, that's the only love he has for us. And the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, meaning or, or comfort, everlasting eternal comfort. Uh, we serve an eternal God, so his comfort would always be eternal. It's never temporary. It's not a band-aid, you know? And I'm thinking now, wow, the Thessalonians reading this letter from Paul, they say, oh, okay, great, you know, great. 
Now, I have ADD. I just the first few, okay, we, we didn't miss it. Okay, I'm gone. But they continue to read, and they'll say, yeah, all right, yeah. Okay, we didn't miss it. We didn't miss it. We, we've been chosen since the beginning. That's good. You know, we're being sanctified, and we're called to stand fast. And here, God is giving an eternal comfort. Say, so, yes, it is comforting. In the midst of persecution and suffering, they had no problem with that. In fact, Paul uses the word comfort seven times between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So saints, take comfort. Take comfort in God. God loves you with an agape, unconditional love. He brings comfort. There is no end to his comfort. No end. He continues. I don't know what some of you are going through right now. We're living in times where there's so much division, but you're consumed, you're troubled. And as Paul tells the the believers in Thessalonica, take comfort, stand fast, take comfort. He says, and the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, and good hope by grace. Good hope, that is Jesus Christ. Any other hope is hopelessness. Good hope, it comes from the one who's good, the good shepherd. Hope is not in a man, it's not in the world, it's not in the government, it's not in the president, it's not in a person, it's not in money, and not material things, and we know that. Hope is in a person, the person, Jesus Christ. That's good hope. Verse 17, he says, comfort your hearts. That's Paul's prayer, that God would comfort their hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. So Paul's prayer is that God would comfort them and strengthen them in everything they do and everything they say. Everything they do, every good word and every good work, truth on our lips is not enough. It must be worked out in our lives. It's not enough to say good things. It's not enough, you know, to quote the scriptures and not follow it. You know, practice what you preach. One of the best ways to be established in the truth is, number one, to let God establish you in his truth. Allow God, allow the Holy Spirit. He sanctified you. He's sanctifying, sanctifying you. Allow it, let God establish you in his truth. And second, put it into practice. Put it into practice. Churches, Christians are not practicing their faith. It is good to be dis- defenders of the faith, Warren Risby writes. But we must not forget to be demonstrators of faith. Some of us are good. We're into apologetics. Some people are too much in apologetics. That's all they know. That's all they want. Knowledge puffs up. So much so they can't have a normal conversation with another believer or even an unbeliever. They sound so scholarly. They want to be scholarly. They want to sound smart. They want to debate cults and different. There's nothing wrong. There's a time and a place for that. But we need to be like the master. Jesus he spoke in parables. The, fire, the disciples said, why are you speaking parables? Look, if I 
tell you, you understand. No, I'm paraphrasing. This is my <laughs> translation. But they don't know. They're farmers. So I'm going to give them the parable of the sowing the seed so they can understand. Know who you're talking to. But we need to not only talk the talk, but we need to walk the walk. We need to show love, not how smart you are. And so we are chosen. Saints, we're chosen from the very beginning. You have been chosen. You know, when I think about that, I always think about the time and I grew up in the Bronx in New York City and we used to play stickball on the streets. And the way you play stickball, your little spalding ball will take a little stick, you know, like a broomstick or whatever, and uh, we'll put, if it was too long, we'll put it in the manhole and just keep turning around the manhole and then we snap it to the size we want. We'll play stickball. So, one sewer would be home. Then between the first and the second sewer, uh, you know, the cars, uh, the car on the right, that tire would be first base. Second sewer would be second base. Third base would be the second the tire on the other side of the car, and then home. But before we played the game, we always, you know, we used to choose. We would say the odd finger is it. Or we'll throw the stick, and the person would try to grab it from the top. Because if you grab it from the top, you won. You get to choose the best players first. But sometimes you couldn't get that. If you, did, if you couldn't catch it with your hand, the very tip of it, you lost. The other guy gets to choose first. So sometimes we catch it in the middle, and we get it till we get to the top. Now, let's say if I go, I'm the last one. If I know if I hit, I'm second to last, he's going to get So I'll just go like this, right? So not to hit the top. The point was, I gave you all that just to give you a history of stickball, so I used to play stickball. But anyway, the point is I used to choose people, right? The other guy would choose, and he said, no, I don't want to go on your team. I want to go with Eddie. He's short, but he can hit the ball. He chose him to be on his team. But he said, no. How many times people are, God's chosen every person. He created everyone to have eternal life. He died for all. So the reality is God chose everyone. The point is you're going to accept his choice. You're going to accept him. You're going to make, yeah, okay, you chose me. I'm not worthy. I'm nobody by your sovereignty. My free will, Lord, you died. It's your kindness that leads me to repentance. It's your love. It's your grace. There is no other way. And so we come. So saints, you're chosen by God from the foundation, from the beginning. You've been sanctified and continuing to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you're called. And so he tells us, stand fast. Stand fast to the teaching, the tradition of the Word of God. This is why we teach you the Word of God verse by verse. So you get the Word of God, the whole counsel of God, not bits and pieces. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and practical advice that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. This book jumps into what it looks like to be a leader in the church. Paul also doesn't shy away from encouraging those who are young to run with zeal and not grow discouraged. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If you're facing opposition because of your age, be reminded that Timothy faced similar struggles and God used him mightily just like he can use you too. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. 
We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition in the book of 1 Timothy on Running the Race.